1: Marius Litter. Litter with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at
0: the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20, he's gonna go! A pick six
2: for the Maniac! Horseshoe is back, baby! The Horseshoe is back!
0: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Larger. Joining me, as always, is your other co-host, Cody Felger. And today, we have some very special guests from Titans Weekly Podcast. Their names are Jock and Hulk. Uh, They are definitely some big hype men for the Tennessee Titans. If you guys haven't seen their podcast, be sure to go check that out on YouTube. A lot of fun, a lot of excitement coming out of there. And I know us Colts fans, we certainly have our opinions on the Tennessee Titans. They're certainly going to have their opinions on us, but I just wanted to welcome them
3: to the show. Guys, thanks so much for coming on today. Absolutely, man. We truly appreciate it. Um, my, the Titan fans that watch our show, they know we can't do a show without our intro, Jacques. So, <laughs> welcome! Welcome to your favorite Tennessee Titans podcast, along with Bring the Juice Colts podcast, Hope and Jock is here, baby. Jacques! Oh, Jock! Oh! Eric and Cody! <laughs> Welcome, y'all. We want to just say thank you again for inviting us to the show. Uh, we are very excited, man. Um, you know, we've been watching your podcast as well. A lot of excitement. You guys are very knowledgeable upon the Colts. Um, yes, we do bring the energy, but man, we, we have a lot of knowledge about the Titans. We've been talking looking at it as well too man we know a lot about the colts so this should be a great show uh we've been to many colts games there in indianapolis here in nashville so yeah Yeah, very nice
2: guys very nice and we're definitely like you said here to bring the juice as, as the podcast says and definitely we're excited to be on the podcast we really appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity and vice versa we got plenty of these coming down the line um but we've been like like hawk said we've been to plenty of these heartbreaking uh, Colts and Titans games and, and, and some been in our favor, some have been in you guys' favor. So definitely excited. I mean, hey, Titan Up and, and Colts Nation. Let's go. Yep. All right.
0: Before before I even get into the first question, I yes. said this on Twitter uh yesterday and I, I hope you guys knew it was coming because uh I had to talk about Andrew Luck, man. Our guy Andrew Luck. Oh. Uh it's no it's no uh denying that when it,
3: we can't hear you, Derek.
2: Derek, we Derek, can't hear you.
1: Yeah, I can't hear you either. Yeah,
2: he's
3: still going. <laughs> he's still going. He is. going. That means, I guess, that means uh, we don't need to ask any questions about Andrew Luck, right? That's what. That's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, a sign. Man. We can leave Andrew Luck alone. He's he's comfortable at home. Uh, you know, hey, we we don't want to see that guy anymore. He's he's done. <laughs> you know, hey, you know. We're on the I mean, he was what, rivers. like
1: undefeated, like twelve yeah. and zero or something against yes. the Titans. It's wild, yes. man.
3: Yes, the whole city knew about it, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he owned us. Like he he did. And me and Jacques talk about this all the time. And again, you guys are are listening to it from our perspective here. Um, you know, Andrew Luck with the team that you guys have had could have won the Super Bowl easily. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck's a top three player in the league. He was the best player in the AFC South his entire time here. Um, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck. You can scribble, scrabble however you want. Andrew Luck is that good of a play. He's unbelievable Andrew Luck's unbelievable. He's mm-hmm. damn near flawless. He'll make a dumb throw every so often. But for the most part, he's very controlled. Uh, you guys are very well coached. Probably one of the better uh, well coached teams in the league. So with Andrew mm-hmm. Luck, you could have me, you, and all of us at wide receiver. We're going to win football games. So yeah, we're right. glad we don't see number 12 <laughs> no more, man. So,
2: so definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> agree with Hawk. And I told Hawk this, like, with Andrew Luck retired, I was so I was ecstatic, I was happy. Yep. But I'm going to tell you guys, if Andrew Luck was still playing to this day, First of all, I don't think the Titans made make playoffs. Right. That's number one. Yep. Number two, number two, I think that they would have beat the Chiefs. Yep. And the, the offensive line, the way you guys' offensive line is just stacked. It was just built for Andrew Luck. And, yep. and just, they don't, number 12 didn't get enough respect in my eyes.
0: Right.
2: Nobody the media didn't really put him up there with the top five, top three quarterbacks. But honestly, of course, we see him in the South all, what, twice a year, sometimes three. Yep. But just Andrew Luck was a pain in non-existence. And every time he played, he beat him. And I just, I just hate to see his career end like that. But at the same time, I'm a Titans fan, so it, it helped us out. <laughs> I'll take it.
3: We'll take it. Feel i will do the Damian Lillard wave. Bye. Yeah, we'll see you, Luck. That. We'll see you, bro. I feel
2: but, like, that. But um, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. All right, so guess first question for you guys. I mean, obviously, 2019, that season was a season for you guys to remember. Yep. One of the better seasons that you guys have had in a long time, beating a lot of powerhouses. You were basically the underdog story from the from week seventeen all the way through the playoffs. You know, all the way up until leading t- uh, the Chiefs in the AFC uh, Championship game, and then ultimately losing. I mean, Derrick Henry having a phenomenal season like we've not seen many before. Uh, Ryan Tannehill coming in saving the Tennessee Titans from another bad season. Um, Give us a little bit of perspective guys on how that season was for you individually.
2: So for for, for me, it was, and and if if people go back and look at our our video, we did a a video, uh, the season prediction video of what our record was going to be for 2019. And I remember I had us going 13 and three and people kind of like, you're crazy. And I actually went down and I just went down our roster and I seen, okay, Hey, we're strong here. We're strong here. We're strong here, but we knew that we had an issue at quarterback, which was Mariota. I like the kid. Don't get me wrong, but we knew that was a change coming. To um, see number 22 just blossom in his third year and just finish off how he finished off in 2018, just come through and just be a bulldozer, and it was it was an exciting. And a lot of people had counted us out, but the change, the the big elephant in the room was quarterback. And when Tannehill came in, he he had a spark and he sparked it. We had our rookie receiver AJ Brown. If not too many people know about him, he had a thousand yards this season. Of course, the big train Derrick Henry and then Tannehill, and then the defense was high in the beginning of the season, but then kind of tripped off through the injuries. But I mean, it was a it was a season. It actually reminded me of the the 2008 season when the, when the Titans went to the uh, playoffs. Didn't get far, but I mean, you can kind of marry it to the 2008 and also the '99 season when we went to the AFC Championship. So it was it was a It was a surreal feeling, but I mean, hopefully we can mimic that in 2020, but we'll see.
3: What about you, Hawk? Well, I would say this, um, you know, as crazy as it might sound, man, we were not as surprised that they went as far, especially when Ryan Tannehill started picking up the slack at the quarterback position, because there were games when Mariota was playing early uh, where he struggled. Uh, you know, again, we're Mariota fans, but he had his struggles, even against the Colts, against you guys early in the season, right? We couldn't score a touchdown. Our defense did its part, right? We held Marlon Mack. Uh, you know, we held down T.Y. who usually has a big game against us. Yeah. But, you know, once Ryan Tannehill started playing, and after about the third game he started playing and started winning football games, it was like, See, that was the element that we were missing because we already have 22 in the backfield. You got the rookie A.J. Brown that stepped up. Our defense was consistent the entire season until the last part, as Jacques mentioned. So for us, our line is strong. We have, you know, good components. The biggest question I had was the fact that Delaney Walker got hurt. That hurt us. But when Ryan Tannehill start picking up and you have 22 in the backfield, 22 as in Derrick Henry, Colts fans, who, who I'm sure you guys who know, know who he is, yep. but Derrick Henry provides something that no other NFL team provides. That's a big running back that can run the football. Most teams now are speedy teams, you know, small defenses even like the Colts. Now again, the Colts run defense you guys are good, man. Okay, I'm telling you, we we see that. You guys tackle and you're coach very well. Mm-hmm. But the coach is like most defenses are small defenses. So we provided something that most teams didn't, and that's to, that's why we were successful. If you look at our video, by the way, you can subscribe to us at Tennessee Titans Weekly on YouTube. You'll see on the preview games before the Patriots and even the Ravens in the playoffs, we detailed everything as to how we can beat them simply by running the football and playing stout defense. That's what we were about. And that's what we did. We had a chance to beat the Colts in the third quarter is where we sort of fell through. Um, but the Titans was a very good football team, has been a good football team. We've been having issues with inconsistencies at quarterback and even on our run defense as well. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future for the Titans, man. Tighten up, man. Tighten up. Yep. And,
0: and I'll let, I'll ask you guys one more question here before I let you ask a question of your own here um I always thought that over the last few years especially I think that you guys have had honestly the best roster in the AFC South overall because you guys have had a a, an, a very solid offensive line you've had some decent young wide receivers obviously Derrick Henry now is a premier running back in this league um your defense at every position there's somebody that's good Mm -hmm. Um, your linebackers are very stout. You had some good defensive linemen. And that was the one guy I wanted to talk about is Jarrell Casey. So obviously you guys lost Jarrell Casey. And this is interesting to me, just how he said how this situation went down. I, I was shocked by this. I know that Jarrell Casey, you know, may not have been the premier defensive lineman out there, but he's a pro bowler. This guy's been good. He's been solid. Um, he's been a premier run-stopping defensive tackle in this league for a few years now, and to see he got just traded away to Denver for a seventh-round pick—that really shocked me. And it shocked Jarrell Casey too. So, like, I, I have no idea why that even happened. I mean, mm-hmm. I what were your, what mm-hmm. was your guys's reaction? Because I thought I thought that was kind of a,
3: a yeah. really dumb move. It it was, um, you know, we're shocked. Here in Nashville, we're shocked that it happened. Not so much that it happened, but for what it was for, a seventh-round pick yes. for next year, okay? He got traded this year for next year. Yes. That, to me, is the biggest surprise as to – because in the NFL, it, you know, you, it, there's business that's that's going to happen. You know, you're going to lose stars. The Colts have lost Edwin James in the past. Like, what? Well, why did that happen? Like, you know, you're going to have instances where your stars – when it comes to that contract year, because he was due almost $12 million. And to pay a no-sackler 12 $12 million at 32 years old, you got to kind of look at it like, okay, is this going to pan out? If anything, maybe I think we could have maybe worked on a contract, but Denver is, you know, giving him the money that he wants. And so for us, we was kind of like, look, you know, in our defense last year, in the first half of the season, we were a top 10 defense. In the last half, we were 21 in defense. Okay, so right now we're looking to get faster and younger. Jarrell Casey just happens to you know, to, to fall into that situation where it just didn't fit the system. Yes, I hate that we got rid of him. Jarrell Casey's a legend here. Jarrell Casey caused problems, but I think it just came down to money, contracts, age. You know, you got Jeffrey Simmons, the second-year player out of Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. You guys, Costanzo, Quentin Nelson, you guys better be ready. Those are unbelievable linemen. We know this, okay? Mm-hmm. But they better be ready for number 98 because Jeffrey Simmons is coming. And the fact that yeah. we got Big Beasley, and possibly Jadavion Clowney. So I think it's it's an addition by subtraction as to why we got rid of Jarrell Case. What our for you, all It's
2: called the John Robinson effect. And, and, and if the Colts fans don't know who John Robinson is, that's our of course. And John Robinson is, is known for, A, drafting your replacement, okay? And when we drafted Jeffrey Simmons, I kind of knew, okay, Jarrell, that's Jarrell's replacement. His replacement is just coming. I mean, and, and how Jeffrey came into the, the mid part of the season in the middle of the playoffs in the record but three sacks i'm like okay that shows me something hey we got something special now we know derrell casey's a nose tackle. nose tackles, if anybody knows anything about football you're a run stop that's your primary thing to do is stop the run derrell casey is a special nose tackle where he can turn around and get sacks when you turn around and get sacks like that that's what happens it makes you special so to trade him for a seventh round pick that was an insult that, to me that was a big insult i mean you could at least Gave him a fourth round or third round pick for a premier pro ball player, pro, pro ball player like that. So to see how everything just crippled down, it was disrespectful. Uh, but I see, I don't understand the business part of it. But I mean, just imagine if we still had Jarrell Casey, Jefferson is going into the season, Vic Beasley, like you said, possibly Javion County, Harry Landry. That's an upgrade to our defensive line. But once we lost Jarrell, it leaves uncertainty on our defensive line to say, "Hey, Jeffrey, you're replacing a legend. Can you?" continue to feel what that legend did. So, I mean, the feeling in Nashville, it sucked. And when I got, when I actually seen the news about it, I was devastated. I was like, I called Hawkins, like, why did we do that? And just some things that go in John Robertson's head, he does things that make sense, but in the time being, in that moment, it's like, okay, it doesn't make sense, but when you sit back and contemplate and think about it, it makes sense. So, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: All right. I didn't know if you guys had a question for us. Uh, I had a couple, we have a bunch more, but go ahead with yours. Oh yeah,
3: absolutely, man. So Phillip Rivers is in town, right? Phillip Mm -hmm. Rivers, the longtime San Diego slash LA Charger quarterback is in Indianapolis now. He's actually from a town not too far from Nashville, actually. Um, He's bringing a lot of experience, uh, a lot of wins and things. Last year, the Colts, you guys were 30th in the league in pass i mean wow right yeah um you know with jacoby Brissett at quarterback he had his times of you know doing well but then you know offensively passing the football was a struggle i know you guys drafted michael pittman uh you know some people think he might win rookie of the year i, I still you know we can discuss that during the show yep. um but um bringing in philip rivers and you guys you know barely missed the playoffs last year do you guys think with the addition of philip rivers the addition of michael pittman even jonathan taylor running back of course, you guys have arguably the best offensive line group in the league. Do you guys think now that you will make the playoffs Cody and wants, go ahead. and up. win the AFC South? All right,
0: all right, oh, man. Uh, Cody, but, go ahead ooh. first. Go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, I certainly think uh, it's trending up for you know Philip Rivers because he has those connections with Frank Reich, obviously Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator, and he had statistically some of his best seasons when he was with the, those two guys, and so. I think, obviously, you know, Phillip Rivers is a massive upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. I know a lot of people will say, well, is he an upgrade? But you look at it in terms of, you know, passing the ball. I know the touchdown-to-interception ratio is a little bit scary for some people. But, I mean, the Chargers were sixth overall last year with no offensive line, sixth overall in passing. And so, you know, you throw in the addition of Michael Pittman, throw in the addition of Jonathan Taylor, best offensive line in football, I would argue. Um, And then, you know, just some other underrated signings along with, you know, just the system, the quarterback friendly system that Frank Reich runs. Um, I think it's certainly a possibility. I think honestly the Colts have a pretty solid roster. If you look overall, I mean, I obviously would say the Titans probably have a better roster overall right now still, but the Colts still have a solid roster compared to what it was when Chris Ballard, the GM started. I mean, he has built a very, very good roster and, and a team that, besides one game last year, the Colts were in every single game, you know, down to the wire. And so I think just the addition of some of those guys, um, we actually have just recorded a podcast, kind of we've been breaking down uh, the different position groups and just thinking like there is optimism for every single position group on this Colts team. And so I think certainly um, the Colts have a lot better chance this year than they did last year. I'm always I'm not one to like make these wild bold predictions, uh, <laughs> but I honestly do think the Colts have you know as good a shot as anybody in this division to win this rot to win really the division. And, and honestly, I think it comes down to the Titans and the Colts because we saw you know Bill O'Brien. If Bill O'Brien's still with the Texans, I mean, I'm not really afraid of them honestly. Yeah. So uh, for me, yeah, I do think it's going to come down ultimately to the Colts and the Titans, but. If Philip Rivers can get back to where he was with Frank Reich, I think there's no doubt the Colts have a really good shot at winning this division.
0: Yeah, I mean, people forget that two years ago uh, in 2017, uh, or, or actually in 2018, Phillip Rivers was widely regarded as a top six, top five quarterback when you looked at the numbers sake. I mean, the numbers back that up. So, I mean, Phillip Rivers is certainly not falling off a cliff just yet. I know a lot of people are saying that, um, obviously, with what they saw last year, 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, that's not good. We can't have that. Frank Reich has already said that can't happen again. That's not going to fly here. But I will make a bold prediction here, Cody. I'm a little bit more (laughs) dangerous than you are with these predictions. So I'll say this. I could potentially say right now that Philip Rivers is walking into the best situation he has ever walked into in his professional career with the Colts where they are now. Last season, the, the Chargers were 28th in overall offensive line play. That is god-awful. You're never going to perform well. Your quarterback's not going to perform well when you do that. When you're going from the 28th to the third-best offensive line in football, and then you have – I obviously know the wide receivers for Indianapolis – may not quite be as explosive as the Chargers were. Obviously, Keenan Allen is a beast. Uh, Hunter Henry is a different animal. But that's another good thing that that Phillip Rivers is walking into. He's coming into a good offensive line, a team that wants to run the football. It's going to take him a lot of that pressure off of Phillip Rivers to have to keep up with the running game because the run game is just going to continue to wear down defenses. And they have some decent weapons. You know, we don't know what Michael Pittman's going to actually provide yet. But T.Y. Hilton's still there. Zach Paschal's pretty good. Uh, We have Jack Doyle and Trey Burton, both guys that can run block and can catch the ball out of the the line of scrimmage. So that's a good option. And then you obviously know the defense is going to improve this year. That's going to help Phillip Rivers. I I do think Phillip Rivers is a very good upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. Because like you guys said, 30th in passing, that's very different from what the Colts have seen the last six years before that, when Andrew Luck was keeping them in the top 10 every year in passing, even with a, a trash roster up until 2018. So, I mean, if Phillip Rivers, if he's anything like what we think he could be, uh, even if that's you know just a slight upgrade, that's still going to be better, and we're still going to get really good. It, I think it depends on um, Ryan Tannehill's play this year, and that's what I think Cody was going to ask you guys next. I want to ask, have him ask you about Ryan Tannehill here?
1: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he came in kind of mid-season. Marcus Mariota um, was not getting the job done, and and the Titans kind of went on a run. You know, kind of like Derek talked about, were the underdogs in a lot of games and and beat some really good football teams, um, and ultimately fell just a little bit short of the Super Bowl, but. Now, you know, a year after that, the Titans decide to extend Ryan Tannehill. Uh, They gave him a really big contract. I'm curious in your guys' thoughts. Do you think that was a good move from your perspective for the Titans to basically put all their eggs in the Ryan Tannehill basket here? What are your guys' thoughts on kind of their decision to to bring back a guy like Tannehill and give him that massive
3: extension? Well – I actually think it's a great pickup and and a great deal that we had to make. Um, When you're looking at quarterbacks in the market, you know, even where he fell in his contract, his contract is actually favorable versus other quarterbacks that have done what he's done. I mean, he's, you know, all quarterbacks in the league now, when that contract comes up, man, it's pay time, right, especially if you're in your prime. And so, uh, you know, he definitely was, you know, a huge factor as to why we won a lot of football games and almost made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a smart decision. Uh, you want to keep that continuation going over the past several years. Unlike the Colts, who've had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, you guys have been stable at quarterback. So you guys woke up in the morning knew who your quarterback was. Prior to Tannehill, and you know, with Mariota, Vince Young, um, you know, Zach Mettenberger, Jake Locker. I mean, it's, since Steve McNair has been gone we've had an interchangeable pieces at quarterback and, you know, we might have a quarterback for two or three years and then next year, something else. So, you know, with Ryan Tannehill, you, what folks don't understand is even in Miami, Ryan Tannehill had plenty of years of throwing 4,000 yards, 90, 90 to 95 uh, completion, per, uh, not completion percentage, but a uh, quarterback rating. So he's had a good career up to, he's had a lot of touchdowns in his career. So it isn't like he's just out of nowhere. he, superseded the expectations but you definitely have to sign him I mean we almost made it to the Super Bowl and it wasn't anything that was a fluke we beat teams man it wasn't anything that was out of luck we ran the football when we needed him to throw the ball he threw the ball AJ Brown he got open he made plays Ryan Tannehill you know made the plays when he needed to he did not make a lot of mistakes he only had I think six interceptions last year so he played his tail off you definitely have to sign your quarterback as you guys know if Phillip Rivers does a great job and you guys go far in the playoffs, when that contract is up, you're going to probably want to resign him. Yes, he's older. You might want to draft a quarterback coming up. But quarterback is about 50% in the offense. If you're good at quarterback, everything else kind of works itself out. What about for you, Jacques? So,
2: uh, I, I definitely agree. I mean, we had we a sign. I mean, you have different options out there like Cam and, and, and other quarterbacks. But definitely with the success. I'm going to tell you why Tanner Hill was successful. It was because of 22 as well. They It's like Batman and Rock, they go hand-in-hand. But when you have Brian Tennant, he'll have the 22 versus what he had in Miami. You think about it, Miami was a running back carousel. He had King Drake, he had different running backs coming in and out. Yes, he had Landry, but also with the different weapons he had in Miami, he didn't have it in Tennessee. Something that, that, that piqued my interest, and me and Hulk did the statistics and broke down the stats of Brian Tennant. I'll mean, looking, he has 4,000 yards, Four thousand yards here, four thousand yards there. Something that just he didn't have the right team in the right system. And when you bring him in a system where he doesn't have to throw fifty thousand times, yep. and you that running back number twenty-two takes that pressure off of him, it helps him out. So I think you, the the I honestly, in my opinion, I think Derrick is helped Tannehill get that contract as well. But I mean, did he deserve it? Yes, he deserved it. And because you don't you want that continuity going into the second season. Think about it. If we were to go out and get another quarterback. A.J. Brown, a new offensive system. So it's almost like year two for everybody to come in to improve, to get better, to get that chemistry with Corey Davis and just certain things like that. So, I mean, the contract, I, 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 I'm okay with the contract because we didn't really break the bank and we can really actually put almost a two- to three-year deal versus what whatever he signed, in like, a, what, two- or four- or five-year deal? So it, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely. So,
0: Yeah, I would think that Ryan Tannehill kind of came in and did what – What Peyton Manning kind of did his last season with the Broncos before he went out. I mean, I think I honestly forget this sometimes. Tannehill came in there midway through the season. It's not like he had the full season, understood the playbook, came in right away, knew everything that was going on. I mean, he had to learn on the fly how to work with these guys. And obviously in the playoffs, he was... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, let's face it, he didn't have a great games, but he did enough to the point where it wasn't costing them the game. And he was making some throws that resulted in some good plays that were able to keep drives going. So, I mean, obviously you did what you had to do. I thought the contract was a little too much. Uh, 91 million guaranteed, I think is a lot of money for a guy like Tannehill. But again, like you guys said, um, that's, that's just how it is. You know, you got to make sure you keep the certainty at the quarterback that, that totally makes sense. All right. And so obviously this podcast, we've been talking a lot about Derrick Henry. You guys have been talking about Derrick Henry a lot. Um, Obviously he was the main part of your playoff success uh, throughout the last Eight weeks of the regular season and throughout the playoffs, and obviously there was a lot of questions. What do you think about? Yep, there's the twenty-two. They're gonna remind us a lot. Yep. Um, and then obviously the question of: Do you give him what kind of contract? Do you give him? Do you give him an extension? Do you give him a long-time contract? Do you let him test free agency? Uh, what do you think there? But um, obviously Derek Henry obviously signed a franchise tag. Got himself ten and one quarter million dollars this season, and you guys get to keep him around for at least one more year. Uh, what did you guys think? Was this the right move to let him do a franchise tag and keep him one more year?
2: So I believe so, yes. I, I say, of course, we you know, we know the quarterback position is the all wow position. Okay. We know we have to pay the quarterback. You have to have a quarterback. But at the end of the day, we know Derek was what got us to the playoffs. And people can argue that and say, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. In playoffs, Derrick Henry was incredible. So, yes, he deserves his contract. He got his franchise tag, that's fine. Something I like about Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry loves the Titans and he loves football. And something that I respect about Derrick Henry is that definitely he could have held out. He could hold out now if he wanted to. But Derrick Henry is in the offseason working very hard to say, hey, I want to get a contract done, but I also want to play football as well. So that's something I respect. Colts fans, something that you have to learn about RGM. RGM is a stats guy, he's a numbers guy, and he drafts off of numbers, okay? So something that I've noticed about um, John Robinson is Derrick Henry, early in his career, he didn't have the success that he's having now. I remember Hawk used to scream at the TV every Sunday saying, hey, you're not using Derrick Henry the right way. You're not using him the right way, and I agree. We, was, we were not using Derrick Henry the right way. And I think that hindered him. And then that second year, boom, we just blossomed. And it was just like the latter part of the year, he got his 1,000 yards. And, and that was something like, okay, hey, it's a potential thing, all right? Next year, he gets another 1,000 yards. He's the leading rusher of the NFL. So something tells me that John Robertson values the running back position, but he doesn't value it that high. So if I was assigned Derrick Henry, I would at least give him about a five-year Maybe maybe fifteen mil deal, but or fourteen mil. I know it's a little high for a running back, but for the work he's put in, it, it helped. And we just drafted a, a, a running back as well, Aaron mm-hmm. um, from and State, who can take that pressure off of Derrick, so it kind of helps him out as well. But I mean, pay the man. I, I, I've been saying that since the beginning of the season. I'm saying it now. Pay hey, him. He deserves it.
0: And yeah. Hulk, real quick before I let you go, the one person that I think y'all should be thanking for why Derrick Henry jumped from year two to year three the way he did is the man on that flag behind you it's eddie george because derrick henry said i talked to eddie george over the off season before last season started and i found my love for the game again because derrick henry was saying i i i just don't i'm not enjoying this this isn't what i imagined i could do when i came to tennessee and then he talked with eddie eddie gave him some tips and helped him find his love again and I mean, y'all see how that turned out. So, I mean, Eddie George is a big – is what y'all should be thanking for Derrick Henry's success.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And with Derrick Henry, you know, even at Alabama, Derrick Henry had a slow start in his career early. Uh, And then once he had the reins, he he was the man. Derrick Henry was was unbelievable. Uh, You look at Derrick Henry now, it's from a contractual standpoint. Um, You know, him signing that franchise uh, tag got him paid. You know, versus what he was making over the past several years. I like think he was only making two million. Now he's making above 10. So he, he's, he's got a smile on his face, even in that regard, right? Um, so it, when I look at a contract standpoint, as Jacques stated, yes, Derrick Henry is the reason why we made it almost to the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry, again, was unstoppable. When you look at, you know, teams trying to, to scheme and to stop them, they couldn't do it. Uh, So with Derrick Henry, the tricky part for him is that he is a running back. And as you all know, when you look at Le'Veon Bell, you look at Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, running backs that have got big contracts. And then if you look at the return on investment, did it happen? Probably not. But Derrick, it might be in a different situation. And the reason I say that is because he was preserved over the past several years. He's just now hitting his stride, which is a great thing. So I do think, you know, you do sign Derrick Henry. You say, hey, you're the reason why we made it this way. We are a running football team. We we do not rely on throwing the ball because if we did that, we wouldn't win a lot of football games if that was our sole purpose because of Derrick Henry and the way that we're building our team. And as Jock stated as well, um, we you know drafted Darrington Evans, number 32. So Colts fans, get ready to see this guy as well. You know, when you look at our team, you know, I would say you don't do Derrick Henry like they did say Sean Alexander, where they just ran and just run and run and run. I think, you you know, you – you run them, but you don't give them maybe 35 carries, maybe give them 25, 20 carries, get Darrington Evans in there or whatever. I think you can be smarter. You learn from the past. And I think with that, with that mindset, we can say, hey, let's sign Derrick Henry to a four year deal. Let's get him some upfront money as we do with for running backs, you know, pay him a, a whole bunch of money upfront and make his salary maybe 12 million a year or whatever. I think that would be a great deal for us. We have the money, we got the money. You know, It's just a matter if right. we want to write the check. So yep. you write the check or Derrick Henry will play this one year and get paid somewhere else.
0: Yeah, you, you guys do have the money. I think the yes. Colts and the uh, – I think actually three teams in the AFC South are still top ten in remaining salary cap, which right. is actually pretty impressive.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: All right. So, yep. Yeah, go ahead with your guys' question here. We'll go ahead. All right.
2: Derek and I have a question. So All right. with the Colts, we've talked about strip. And we've talked about the offensive line. I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. And I've told Hawk this. Y'all have one of the meanest offensive lines in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, of course, with the upgrade with receiver and running back, I like Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. What do What would you guys consider your weakness on your team? You have a lot of strengths. We all know we have weaknesses on our teams. What, what guys? What weakness do you guys think you have?
0: Well, um, I think the one weakness we had before we added DeForest Buckner this offseason was the defensive tackle position. I mean, last season, our defensive tackles all together combined for six and a half sacks. So that's not going to cut, that's not going to cut it. Um, and DeForest Buckner obviously is an all pro young stud that can do anything on the inside being, you know, when you're three hundred 300 pounds, that's quite impossible to really get one-on-one. So um, that's that was a weakness, and I think it still can be if we don't put them in the right positions there. But um, I think ultimately what Colts fans heart the most, and I think Cody will understand this, is just I think we as Colts fans are tired of seeing the zone coverage. You know, I know that the Colts do it pretty well compared mm-hmm. to a lot of other teams that do it, but God, it's, it's so miserable to watch every Sunday when you see teams keep racking up yards it's kind of funny because like the Colts only gave up over the last two seasons have only given up like 17 and a half points a game that's relatively decent that's middle of the middle of the ring mm-hmm. but it's it is it is very very annoying especially when you're playing against a team that can really exploit the zone of you know I, I know that Even Tennessee has had times where they are able to find ways through there. But, you know, the secondary for us is still young. Um, I think, how many players now, Cody, do we have that are over 25? I mean, obviously, with Xavier Rhodes being in, that's one. TJ Carey, that's two. TJ Carey, that's two. I mean, Um, we we are the youngest roster in the NFL right now. It's incredible just because... You know, you're expecting a lot of these young guys to come out there and, and perform with these NFL caliber guys that are just, you know, head over heels better than everyone else. So this team is going to continue to get better where its weaknesses were. But, you know, that secondary was an issue for many years. Uh, defensive tackle position is the worst one that we have right now. Um, yeah, I think that's the big biggest weaknesses for me. Cody, what are you thinking about that?
1: Yeah, I would say definitely secondary just because there's a lot of unproven right now in the secondary. I mean, uh, Rocky Asen last year, second-round pick. He, I mean, he, he, he's probably going to you know be better than he was last year, but he's still relatively young. You'd be bringing Xavier Rhodes, who, you know, a couple years ago was all pro, but the last two years he's mm-hmm. not been anywhere near that. And so, um, you, you, you know, and then Kenny Moore, obviously, I, I would argue he's the best slot corner in the league right now which is good, um, but, you know, oh, I mean, he does about everything for you. I mean, he can play about anywhere, and he can get to the quarterback, too, which certainly helps. Uh, and you guys don't have Logan Ryan anymore, so you probably can't argue that with me, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Logan Ryan to the Colts, please make it
2: <laughs> Or slot,
3: <SWAT>. why not? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, He'll play that zone defense for you, too,
1: man. Hey, Logan I Ryan love is, it. I love it. Yep. This, the dumb thing is, like, when they play man, they're actually super effective. Like, they that's how they beat Patrick Mahomes is, like, they just played man, and, like, it
0: worked. Yeah, Quincy Wilson, who is no longer on the team now, he played is, yeah. against Travis Kelsey. He manned him all game, and Travis Kelsey had what? Four catches? For yeah, he, four or five catches? Good. That's it. He, he was wow. a non-factor. So it's like, how – and that's the sad part is what we were saying about Quincy Wilson is, like, how can a guy who played – in the most important game of the whole season lockdown might maybe the best tight end in all football mm-hmm. and then just not be on the team after this year. I mean, that just doesn't sit with me. I just, I don't understand. But yeah, McCone, I think, yeah, good.
1: I think with that, like that, that made me just think, you know, with, with in addition to like the secondary, there's been a couple guys that the Colts have invested pretty early picks in Quincy Wilson Malik Hooker still on the roster, but you know, I would argue for being picked 15th, he hasn't even sniffed, you know, where he should be in terms of that value. And Derek's an Ohio State guy, so he'll probably disagree with me. Yeah, but, didn't notice all um, <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. I just, I, I think, you know, maybe it's kind of scheme as well, but there's just been some higher draft picks that just haven't panned out in recent years. At the defensive back positions. So, yeah, I mean, th- there are some that have panned out. I mean, Corey Willis last year was a fourth round pick, and he's probably one of the better strong safeties now in the league. I mean, he played fantastic last year, uh, but it's just an experience right now, I think. And, you know, it'll truly be interesting to see you know, does Xavier Rose kind of get at least partly back to where he was in 2017 or does he continue kind of downslide? Now he's 30 that'll just be interesting to watch but yeah Yeah. for me i'd probably say secondary because there's unknown and also just a lot of youth there yeah
0: all right cody ask them because colts fans and tennessee titans fans this is one thing that i know we're all going to be happy about and that's one guy that we don't have to cover anymore oh thank you times a freaking year go ahead and ask them
1: yeah (laughs) i mean you it's just, it's hilarious. I, I don't want to know your guys' reaction when you saw that. I mean, I was just like, okay, is this like that Barry guy on Twitter or yeah, something? It's you know, like some fake, fake account, account. Right, Adam Schefter. Right. I just right. <laughs> can't be real, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that had a similar reaction to when Andrew Luck retired. Like, this can't be real. This isn't a real thing that's happening. What were your guys' thoughts? Obviously, you're ecstatic like we were. Yes,
3: very ecstatic. (laughs) I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has been unbelievable. I mean, he's been the best receiver in the division for years, right? He made Mm -hmm. the Pro Bowl even last year, right? So, yes, and what's so crazy about the AFC South, man, when you think about DeAndre Hopkins and you look at us as the Titans? The AFC South have had some of the biggest departures, except for the Titans. I know that's crazy. Andrew Luck is gone, right? Jadavion Clowney is gone. Yep. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Uh, i trying to think of some <laughs> other players. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey from Nashville. From- he's from Nashville gone, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> yep. A lot of <laughs> players are out of the division. So when that happened, I was like, that's another player out. So for us, that's good for us. Like, okay, we know, I mean, the talent is gone. So we should be the best team in the AFC South, right? Even though we did not win the division, but going forward, I mean, you know, it's it's there. I mean, you guys, again, you've added t- uh, added players, DeForest Buckner, Phillip Rivers, um, you know, Marlon Mack, I, mean, I know he's been on the team. He's a very good running back too. I don't know if yeah. mm-hmm. fans try to give him credit. Marlon Mack is a good running back, okay? Yeah. But, um, You know, when he was out of the division, when he got traded, I was like, yeah, you guys have to be kidding me. For what? He got traded for (laughs) For what? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, I was was done. I was like – we were all – I think everyone was saying – please sign Bill O'Brien to a lifetime contract, please. It's <laughs> right, like what, G- right, it's like right. what Harbaugh yes. is for Ohio State fans. Like, ju- yeah. they never beat us. Just let him keep coaching, please. Right, like, right, Bill- right, Bill O'Brien as a coach is a good coach. He's a good yes, coach. He is just a good coach. A G- just as a
2: GM, he's terrible. Yes, he terrible. I mean, he's terrible. He's terrible.
3: Yeah. He is terrible.
2: Now, For me, I thought it was a joke. I'm literally, I thought it was a <laughs> joke. I was literally like, wow, I can't believe this anymore. When I got the news, D. hop was gone. And, and Hawk texted me, he said, he, I said, no, this can't be real. And what they got him for, I was like, wow. I mean, if I was a Texas fan, I would be devastated. Yeah. I, I the think Texans. they were.
3: They were. <laughs> they were. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, for us, after that happened, I said, no, it's, it's, down, to, it's down to the Colts and the Titans. I mean, the, the Texans still have the, uh, Deshaun Watson. That's, we know that, okay? Yeah. But that's one man, right? That's yeah. one yeah. quarterback. The way <laughs> – Bill O'Brien has been GMing. is not the best. I mean, they got rid of D-Hop, and you bring in Brandon Cooks uh, and some just B-level, C-level receivers. I, I just, I, I, it's just confusing. But am I happy? I'm ecstatic. And, and they, yes. they can yep. have
3: you? Bye, D-Hop.
2: Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Man. But that that, that Cardinals team is going to be – Oh, my goodness. Oh.
0: The Cardinals team is going to be man. legit. I mean, because wow. Kyler Murray was already good last season. Yeah, now he, he's he, actually uh, got a bunch of different receivers right. and an yep. additional running back that he can now throw to out of the backfield. That's I right. mean, he's going to have options this year. It's incredible. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep.
3: yep. yep.
0: So you guys got any yep. more for us Absol- here? I I Absolutely. All right, so
3: I know we spoke upon the weaknesses of so the Colts, and that mm-hmm. is you stay, speaking on your defensive backs. I, I saw on Twitter that you guys feel that Kenny Moore should be a pro bowler, which I <laughs> disagree. I just want to say right, that. because right. in, in the AFC, I mean, you got Stephon Gilmore. I mean, we got Tredavious White, uh, right, Marcus yeah, Peters. Yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Marlon Humphreys, Joe Hayden. I we would definitely say that Kenny thing.
0: Moore is definitely better than Marcus Peters, but go
3: ahead.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs>
3: so and when, yeah, and yeah, some so, others. But. So when I analyze the team, so I guess I I would want you guys to prove me wrong. So in 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 my opinion, if I had that question asked to me as far as the weaknesses of the Colts, I would say wide receiver, and I would say that to say this. Yes, you have T.Y. We know the dance. We, see, we know the T.Y. dance. Yeah, we you see that. We've seen that plenty of times. <laughs> he, yep. he even said two years ago against the Titans, I'm going to score two touchdowns and I'm going to put up 150. And that's exactly what he did. Oh, so sure. I have a lot of respect for T.Y. Hilton. I, I get that. But he's, he's getting a loader. I think yep. he kind of went down a bit last year. I don't know, maybe because of the quarterback play. Uh, he doesn't seem as fast as he's had in his past. I mean, hey, that's just age. That's what happens. But besides him, you got Michael Pittman. Who's a rookie? So we don't we don't know. You can't put stock in a rookie. Um, you got Zach Pascal, eh, right? Um, you know, Chester hey, Rogers, yeah, hey. right? And you know, I like Jack Doyle at tight end. So I think the weakness of the team is the wide receivers. Now, going into this season with Philip Rivers, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Stewart, and also the offensive linemen, do you think that the wide receivers are good enough to push you all to go to the playoffs? And if so, what who will be the best receiver besides T.Y. Hilton to fill that slot?
0: Mm. Uh, I'll I'll kind of go first here. I think that what I think the receivers that you have now, the reason they went with Pittman, is because you see a trend in what Philip Rivers has liked to have throughout his career. He likes tight ends who can receive. Obviously, he's had Antonio Gates for the majority of his career. Antonio Gates. Doesn't really get a lot of love from the national media, but when you look at his numbers, I mean, that they're incredible. Um, Jack Doyle is a very reliable guy. He's not a guy that's like Eric Ebron, where he's going to make the spectacular catch, but he yeah. does make consistent number of catches. He is reliable. He is there. And Trey Burton, again, you have the injury history. That's what concerns me. Mm-hmm. But Trey Burton is a reliable target when he's healthy. He has put up numbers and Michael Pittman um is like what Mike Williams has been for the last two years with Phillip Rivers. That very tall wide receiver that if Phillip Rivers just lets it go and there's and he's one-on-one with any defensive back that's like six foot or lower, Michael Pittman's gonna win that battle the majority of the time because he's six five and you know 220 pounds. I mean, that's a that's a big boy. And especially when you're in the red zone, because I saw the stat today the Colts are actually the fifth best offense at converting touchdowns in the red zone when they get there so the Colts actually are very good in the red zone when they get in there so um Michael Pittman has that ability um but like you said he's a rookie we don't know yet it's just it's just what's going to happen uh Zach Pascal. I don't want to throw too much shade at Zach because we may be getting an interview with Zach here very soon. Um, so he's, uh, he's reliable. He's still young. He's only 24, 25. So, I mean, he's still young. Um, I mean, last season and, and back in, uh, what was it? I think it was 2018 as well. He was very reliable as one of those guys where when all the receivers went down, Zach was the only reliable guy. Um, You know, and outside of that, you're right. We don't really have a lot of other guys to truly count on. Um, I mean, a lot of guys, we had Deion Kane last season uh, that went down two years ago with an ACL injury, and everyone was like, oh, this guy's lighting people up in training camp. He's going to be that number two wide receiver behind T.Y. Gets hurt, just never really performs after that, and then he's gone. And now we have another guy, uh, Reese Fountain, who last season, last offseason, was killing it in training camp as well. Again, blown out, blown out uh, injury there, and he was out for the season. So it's, again, another thing where who's going to be the fourth wide receiver? Because we know who our three guys are, but there's so much uncertainty. Uh, yeah, even as we improved that position in this draft, we still have a lot of questions. Cody, what do you think in there?
1: Derek, I'm kind of disappointed in you that you have not mentioned Paris Campbell's name once in this podcast. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, I Ohio know. State guy. Because the Colts you've, at-
0: you've been throwing a lot of shade at Paris Campbell recently and I I, so just like, I I'm not going to talk about, think about it anymore because again, <laughs> Paris Campbell right behind me, okay? I got him to Dude. sign that stuff, all right? Wow. So. Hey.
1: <laughs> but Paris Campbell's a guy that nobody has really talked about but he was the fastest receiver in the draft a couple of years ago in 2019. And he's a guy that, you know, I think is going to be phenomenal if he can stay healthy. I mean, we saw the few games that he was at uh, that he was healthy, especially that Pittsburgh game. He had a, over hundred scrimmage yards and that's what Jacoby Brissett is quarterback. And we've already talked about how we think Phillip Rivers is going to be a massive improvement over Jacoby Brissett. Uh, just for the fact that Phillip Rivers is a very receiver friendly quarterback and you got, you know, T.Y. Hilton who, besides last season, he's never really missed much time. And I know you can kind of argue like, okay, age is a factor, which it is. I, I don't disagree with you there, but T.O. Hilton, overall, his track record has been, he's been more than, more often than not, very healthy and very reliable. I, I mean, he's even played through injuries. Like, you know, he played in that game in 2018, Colts versus Titans. He played in that game. He had like his entire, like, Ankle, like lower, upper, all of it was injured, but he kept playing because he just love. He's just such a competitor, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you throw in Michael Pittman, who, yeah, he's a rookie. He might take a little bit more time to develop, but the Colts have invested more recently. You know, more. I guess they've invested some draft capital, and so I look at that compared to the defensive back position, and I kind of look at it as like the Colts have a lot more younger talent who I think have higher ceilings at this point in their career than they do in the secondary. And so I guess that's why I kind of am more optimistic also with the addition of Phillip Rivers. You know, the running game is probably going to improve. They were seventh last year. Now they add Jonathan Taylor. They add Trey Burton, a good, you know, run blocking tight end, add Roosevelt Knicks. You got to think their goal is top five rushing team. And that's just going to help everybody involved. And so I think the wide receiver, they're unproven, but they have a lot of good, reliable guys. And even Zach Pascoe, I mean, with Jacoby Brissett in the 30th ranked offense, Zach Pascoe had, I believe, over 700 yards. I mean, that's pretty good overall, considering the circumstances. And so I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic about this team. They got a lot of young guys besides T.Y. Hilton, but they got a lot of talent. And Cody, I
0: got to say this about T.Y. To show you the competitor he was in 2018, the last six weeks of the season, he did not practice never practiced. They literally sent him home and said, just look over the game film, don't practice. Stay off that ankle. And still went out there every game. And they always, it was always in the first or second quarter. They'd always zoom in on T.Y. on the sidelines, touching that ankle. Like, man, this thing is killing him. But yet, somehow, someway, this guy kept going out there and against Houston twice had 150 receiving yards each time against the Houston Texans. I mean, The dude is like, is literally a competitor. He's the highest competitor on that offense. I mean, yeah, age is a factor. And we know he said, he said this offseason that the next contract I get is going to be my last one. I I know where my end is. And he said, because I want to retire a Colt, you know, I built a legacy here. I mean, many people say he's the third best wide receiver that the Colts have ever had, besides Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. And that's good company to be a part of. So, um yeah i mean like you guys said a lot of unproven guys in there but um yeah like cody said i'm optimistic i'm optimistic about these guys we just need to stay healthy like holy crap that was such that was such a disappointment last season was the health of those guys like ty hilton went down then paris campbell never stayed healthy um it's just it was a mess it was an absolute mess all right um i think here let me see what i got here so um i think i saw your guys's video um yesterday about you guys talking about your um overall record for this next season um i didn't see the full thing i i know that i think jock had them what going seven and two to start the season i was trying to say okay man let's kind of pump the brakes here a little bit I mean I appreciated the first time you actually said hey I think we're gonna drop this one to the Colts you said oh well I think we have the better roster I think we have this and that but I think we're gonna drop that one but um yeah so for our listeners who obviously don't know what you guys think for the overall record what's your guys' predictions for your record this year
2: so, we, of course, when we, I mean, we're going to actually do another show if we have the uh, preseason, which that's a whole nother conversation. Right. right. But for now, we had what me and Hawk had is going 11 and 5. And yep. that was just mm-hmm. off of us looking at our roster and everything. And when you break down our roster, something that, and the reason why I had us going 11 and 5 and winning those games was because of that second year of Tannehill, okay? Last year, Tannehill came in half the season. we seen what happened when Derrick Henry did the same exact thing the year prior. Remember, the year prior, he got his 1,000 yards. He did it like, what, there was like five games, and he got 1,000 yards. Then last year, he came through, had a full season to just come and be Derrick Henry and he had 1,000 yards. So with, uh, with Tannehill coming in halfway and we made it to the AFC Championship, that said, hold on, let me sit back and really just look at our roster and see what we have. And I just broke it down. We just had A.J. Brown, who came off 1,000 yards. We haven't had a, a, a rookie receiver do that. I don't think we have had a rookie receiver to just get 1,000 yards like that. It's, and if we did, it's been a long time. The last receiver we did have had, that had 1,000 yards was Kim Wright. So that was so, something promising. Then you turn around and you have C.D. Corey Davis. Corey Davis had, what, the year before, about 800, 900 yards just with Mariota. So I said, hey, let me stop and think. And if he had chemistry with Tannehill, just imagine what Tannehill having with that weapon in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, having um, Derek Henry in the backfield, John Luce Smith, a new running back in Arrington. Um, we still have um, Humphreys that we picked up last year in the slot. And we still, of, of course, we don't have a fourth receiver. But just going off that element along with the offense that we have, this offense should be more explosive going into year two with the regime of Tannehill and Derrick and everything like that. Now, defensive Lee. We, we the Colts and the Titans are so much alike on the defensive line. Our defensive line, man, is, oof, Hulk, we talk about it all the time, that we have to get better. And we had Harold Landry, who had nine sacks last year, and he got those nine sacks early in the season. He kind of just halted. And something is we're trying to find that that opposite of Harold Landry, who can just be consistent. And that's the problem that I've had with our team for years, is just consistency. So, for right now, I have us going 11-5. But, like I said, if preseason, we have another shovel coming down around preseason just to see what happens. That could change. I could drop two games, I could add two. But right now, 11 and 5. What about you, Hall?
3: Yeah, so when we did the prediction show, the thing was, I didn't know at all what he predicted, and he didn't know that for me either. Uh, We already wrote down the teams that we felt that we could beat. And at the end of the show, we ended up both being at 11 and five. And so, yes, I try not to have a fandom perspective on records, right? Um, But I honestly do think that I think our schedule is very favorable. And even against the Colts, I mean, I have us, you know, beating you all in Nashville, but uh, you all beating us there in Indianapolis. I do think we're going to split with the Colts. Uh, Again, I do think as well that the Colts will make the playoffs. I think, again, uh, you know, the Colts are a much better team, at least on paper, than they were last year. So I think. Think that you guys coming in will be a better football team. Um, I do think we're going to win the AFC South, though. I mean, the Titans. But, um, <laughs> but looking at the roster, you know, looking at us as a team, uh, you know, for Colts who might not know a lot about the Titans, you know, we have Kevin Byard, who's arguably the best safety in the league. You don't, you know, three years he has 17 interceptions. All you got to do is check his stats. Kevin Byard, if you throw it in his direction, he's going to pick the ball off. Uh, if you look a at Dory Jackson, one of the fastest corners in the league. When you talk about playing slot corner, Dory Jackson is pretty much a lockdown slot. Even the fact that we. Drafted Christian Fulton from LSU. You got Malcolm Butler as well, the veteran, of course. Uh, Malcolm Butler got hurt at the end of the season. Uh, You look at Jeffrey Simmons, and what people might not know a lot about is Rashawn Evans, our middle linebacker, he is a beast. Now, not only he doesn't have as many tackles as Darius Leonard, right? Darius Leonard led the league in tackles last, not last year, the year before, as a rookie. As as yeah, as a rookie. So, but we do have Rashawn Evans on defense. So we have a lot of players that a normal fan might not know about Mm -hmm. Uh, even John Smith at tight end. You want to talk about speed. He's arguably the fastest tight end in the league. Um, You know, anytime he's had the football, he might get three catches, but one of them is going to be a touchdown. And again, AJ Brown, he had only 60 catches, but over a thousand yards. Right. So we have big time playmakers. We are a team that's hard to tackle. It's hard to tackle Derrick Henry, it's hard to tackle A.J. Brown, and it's hard to tackle Jonu Smith. So you got Taylor Lewan on the offensive line. Your offensive line is pretty straight. Uh, Again, probably top ten, maybe not top three. I think the Colts, again, in my opinion, is number one in that regard. But I just think, again, as a Colt fan, you guys might not know Certain play, certain players on the Titans that are very good. Uh, you know, you look at Kenny Vaccaro, other safeties. I mean, our DBs are really good. That's arguably the strength of our team. And so, you know, with the up uh, play of our D lineman, if we can uh, rush the passer, and even on our offensive line, if we can run block a bit better as well early in the season, we're going to be a problem. We will be eleven and five again. We're split mm-hmm. with the Colts. We'll we'll give that, but the Titans will make the playoffs. We will right. win the AFC South. And it's going to be a battle between us and the Colts, but the Colts will make the playoffs. I do. I do think that. <laughs>
0: I would love to get you guys in touch with my friend Chase. He, I think he had. Forgive me. I, my friends sometimes are bold when their predictions. I think he had y'all being third in the division. <laughs> I, I immediately, I immediately texted him, and I'm like, you might want to reconsider thinking the Titans might be third. Right. You know, it's whatever. He's a Deshaun Watson fanboy. It makes sense. It makes Deshaun sense. Watson
3: is the best player in the division. Oh, yeah, he he's, is. The he's the best quarterback, no in the question division. about right. it. Right, no question about it, right. But, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the supporting cast around him is not very good. Especially no, it's, on not. Offense, it's
3: not. It's all not. All right,
0: I think we got time for one more question here from you guys, and then we'll, right. we'll call that it. So, yes, sir. Right.
2: So, we know, and I agree with Hawk, and I've been saying this, and I've said this from the beginning of last year, Last year, even the year before, the Colts give us problems and the one team that scares us. And if people can go back and look at one of our shows we did in 2017, when I said the Colts are going to give us fits. I said that we end up losing to you guys in the playoffs. I mean, when the, the last game to get to the playoffs that year. So never forget it. My question is, I'm going to tell you guys who are going to make the playoffs. How deep in the playoffs do you think you guys can go with the roster you have now? with the talent that you have now and the teams that you have to get to to get to or arguably the the ultimate goal of the Super Bowl.
0: What do you think? Cody, you want to start with that one?
1: Yeah, Um, and I think the Colts do have a really good shot to make a deep playoff run because you look at it in the playoffs, like besides Patrick Mahomes, who we know is absolutely insane, um, most of the time, you you know, even with the Titans, like the Titans were beating teams because they could run the football. And I think that's an emphasis of the Colts Right. And that's an emphasis that the Colts have doubled and tripled down on. We actually made a video early in the offseason. Like the Colts are serious about wanting to run the football, establish the run, control the line of scrimmage. Obviously, their drafts have reflected that. Their free agent pickups have reflected that. And so I think if the Colts get in the playoffs, they're going to be, they're going to have, you know, teams kind of on the ropes a little bit, maybe teams that are overall. you'll have flashier, better players at the premium positions, you think the quarterback, defensive end, whatever it is, I think the Colts have a really legitimate chance because they have a good defense, they've upgraded that defense, and they have a really good running attack. And if Phillip Rivers can be even half the player he was, you know, in 2018, I think the Colts have a legit shot. I mean, I think if Phillip Rivers can do kind of – even if he's not throwing for 300 yards per game in the playoffs, if he can kind of do what Ryan Tannehill did for you guys last year, right – where he can just manage games at and not lose games and really just make the throws he needs to make and let the running backs do the work. I think the Colts have a legitimate shot. I think one thing that's interesting, and I think the Colts and the Titans are very are built very similar in that way mm-hmm. where they want to control the offensive and defensive lines. And when you do that, you know, when it comes down, we saw for years and years in the Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck era fantastic quarterbacks, generational quarterbacks. When it came down to the playoffs they ultimately fell short a lot of times because they couldn't do that. They couldn't make, you know, those plays, you know, when you're in new England, right. And, and you, the passing game is not working when it's 30 degrees and it's snowing out, right. You have to run the football. And if you can't, you're not going to win. And the Colts are set up well, I think to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think to answer your question, if the Colts do make the playoffs, I think they have a legitimate chance to upset some teams kind of, kind of like you guys did, I think because we're built the same way, We have a chance to kind of make a run like that, too, if all goes well. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, in 2006 playoffs and 2007 Super Bowl, people forget – they always want to talk about Peyton Manning. But Mm -hmm. everyone forgets the running attack was what ran that show. Edgren James and other guys like that, you know, they were – They were running for over 100 yards every game. That was keeping that offense moving, especially late in the season. You want to be able to run the football because teams are going to get tired. Fatigue gets set in after a long season. Who can dominate the offensive line up front? I'm just kind of looking at some of the teams in the AFC. Um, Kansas City – I don't know who all can really legitimately beat them right now, even though I know you guys beat them in the regular season this last year. I get that. I'm just talking about playoffs perspective. Uh, I mean, if y'all did it in the playoffs against the Ravens, I think the Colts could do it too, the same way that you guys did it. You guys just tried to keep – just either let Lamar try to make the big play or keep everything in front of him. That's basically what you got to do. And the only other team that I would fear if we went into the playoffs – is the Pittsburgh Steelers because yes. the Colts yes. have never had good luck with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, never. Yeah, yeah. And the way they play, the way the Pittsburgh Steelers play, they are tough on yes. that defensive line on that defense. They are young. They are tough. They are physical. And whether or not they get big Ben back for a full season, that's beyond me. But again, Pittsburgh, just the way they play, it just never seems to work out for us. I'm not even worried as much about New England, to be honest with you, because I know they got Cam, but Cam's not a prolific passer anymore that he once was. And yes, New England has a very good secondary, but even the offensive line, I think, can still control the point of attack. I mean, two seasons ago, when Andrew Luck first came back, the Colts had 13 starters missing in that game against New England, and yet we only lost by two touchdowns. It was 42-28. I mean, we had over half our roster gone and we still did that. So um, I think those are the three teams that I would be the most worried about. Um, and I'll probably be worried about the Titans too because again, you guys just, it, it's, it's different now. Now that Andrew Luck's not there anymore. If it was Andrew Luck behind center, I would say I, I I I'm sorry, to y'all. I, hey, don't do that. Oh to me. man, I don't. You're gonna need, hurt man. our listeners. Don't hey. do that. <laughs> I probably already I probably already pissed him off by mentioning <laughs> his name in the beginning of it anyway. <laughs> Us Colts fans are still yeah. not over that day, man. I'm still. I, I that We're was. Happy. Besides, like relatives dying, that was probably the worst day of my (laughs) life. To be honest with you, I hated that day so much. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Yes, sir. Hulk and Jack, thank you guys uh, so much. And thank you as well
3: too. Thank you as well too. I know you guys are part of the fan of a fan network, man. We're we're uh, you know uh, trying to get on as well too, man. Um, You know we truly appreciate the show again you guys can subscribe to us at Tennessee Titans Weekly uh mm-hmm. even on Instagram at Titans Tennessee Titans Weekly and uh on Twitter t- Titans Weekly 24/7 link
0: will be link will be in the description guys so yeah. thank you guys again so much uh good thank luck to boy, both of you guys glad yeah. to have you on
3: absolutely yeah. man as yeah. we'll see you in the season man I, we can't absolutely. wait man oh absolutely. I can't wait either yeah